Welcome to Freaky Fridays, the podcast where we talk about all kinds of scary, spooky, and freaky shit. We're your hosts, Michelle and Melissa, and tonight we are chatting about, oh, let's let our special guest, Nikki, tell you what we're chatting about tonight. One of my all-time favorites, the Amityville Horror. Nice. It's a classic. It's a creepy classic. Who is Nikki? Nikki is my sister. My Your sister, sister in law. Marriage, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our to Freaky Fridays. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So, if you're wondering why another middle aged woman would like to join these two middle aged women to talk <laughs> about, about freaky shit, it's because this is her probably all time favorite movie. She's yeah. probably seen it a bazillion times, mm-hmm. knows it back and forth up and down side to side right has probably seen every documentary about it and we just if you will yeah we <laughs> just felt like she'd probably want to sit and have a drink and chat about with us because most people don't want to sit and chat about creepy shit with us so yeah. here she is i'm your girl that's right <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know why but thank you for accepting me for who i am <laughs> i have and, found my tribe <laughs> yeah we're all in the same boat just (laughs) we're gonna need a bigger (laughs) boat um just to be clear for all eight or nine of our listeners um we are talking about the original amityville horror we are not talking about the remake with ryan reynolds fabulous looking as he is in that movie yeah not yes i'll stare at his abs for two hours (laughs) (laughs) well he's chopping wood Mm-hmm. Even if they're using special effects. Did they? No. For his abs? No, I mean the movie. Oh. Let's start. Oh, oh. The only real thing was his abs. <laughs> Wait, no, I was going to say, who can I hire to give me some fake abs? <laughs> Airbrushed abs. <laughs> Oops. Well, you know. Wow. Okay, good. I know what good. I'm getting into here. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be two hours long. I can tell right now. So, <laughs> so where does the this movie take place again? Lo- long Island, right? Yeah. Amityville, Long Island. Long Island, yeah. When this movie is opening up, the opening credits and the music, first of all, the music in the beginning is creepy. I love the music. Yes, but it's it kind of sets that creepy tone. It's like... Very. Yeah. It's like not your typical creepy music. It's a little yeah. happy sounding, but in a creepy right. way. Mm-hmm. And you in. then you see the house, mm-hmm. the house, and it's With nighttime. Its eyes. It looks like a giant pumpkin. It does. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then you see the gunshots go off separately in each of the rooms. And for me, and I'm sure anybody else, that just sort of set the creepy tone of that movie yeah. right there. And can there you was no words. The there was 79. That's not a normal 1979 movie. No. Any fun facts about the opening scene, Nikki, or any, uh, I mean, and it doesn't necessarily have to be based off the movie, but real life, anything about 
the shootings in the beginning? Who who was I mean, shooting? Nothing really who about shot? the shootings, but you know, like they said that none of the neighbors heard the gunshots, mm-hmm. which I just don't understand. Yeah, that's yeah. so random. And I did read on IMDb that the current owners they got so much unwanted fame and people stopping by and seeing this house with those evil eyes that they changed the windows to just be regular square windows. Oh, interesting. Yes, but the house that they used in the movie was actually a house in Tom's right, Tom's yeah. River, New Jersey. Yes. So we see these gunshots and it was a dark and stormy night. It was. <laughs> and it was, I think, well, we've talked about before, just silence is creepy in itself. Mm-hmm. Then you have I silence. I was just creeped out right there when we were all silent. Silent. <laughs> Then you have silence and then with those gunshots and you don't know which room it's going to next and you just see the flash and you hear and it's just, it sort of opens up the movie that way. So do we want to sort of dive into what the shooting was about and who was doing it? Or do you want to get Yeah, into... let's give a little background on the DeFeo family. All right, Maybe. go ahead. Knows, knows it by heart. <laughs> I mean, no, I, it was just a, a family from, I believe they're from Brooklyn. See, and they already know out, more than me. Uh, dad worked at his father-in-law's car dealership, moved out to Long Island to have a better life um, living in the suburbs. And they, if you notice, um, there's a sign that says high hopes outside the house. And um, that was just, that's just um, high hopes. They moved out there for better life, living in the suburbs. They're moving on up like George and Wheezy. And um, so they're just putting their, uh, their wishes out there onto their, they're yeah. Setting their intentions with the high hopes. So that's pretty much it. They, he basically, the dad um, worked for the father-in-law kind of a side hustler, you know, um, Italian. I don't mean to like bag on our peeps, but Mm -hmm. you know, they had their little side hustles and they got, you know, he was having a good life thanks to his father-in-law and had, you know, could afford to move out there, take his family out there in a big house, not in a, you know, small apartment as their family grew. Amityville is actually like a richy rich area. Parts of it. So there's parts of it, you know, Amityville means friendship, as you know. (laughs) So they just moved out there and that's pretty much the story of that. Just moved out there to have a big house, live in the suburbs, how many siblings um, were there? That's the positive part of the story. Five of them? Five of them? No. Yeah. I only know the Circle oldest back. son was Butch. There was like Mark, David, Don. I can't remember the other one's names, but yeah. There was a couple girls and there was three boys, I believe. So the yeah, oldest boys, son is the one. Two girls, three boys. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, when you're seeing all the shooting in the house. That's the oldest son, Butch. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. killing his family. Correct. Entire family. Entire family. With yes. a shotgun at 3.15 at night. That no neighbors here. That no neighbors here. And they're all on their stomach, sleeping on their stomach, which... Yeah, like um, no defensive kind of right. things, or, which is very odd. No Those moves. were the two things I heard was very odd. Yes, they said to this day that they find that odd that no one even moved or, you know, tried to defend themselves or get away. Well, but I mean, if it's 3.15 in the morning and you're dead asleep, you are you think- even... Because the sister woke up, right? That was staying in the attic. Mm-hmm. 18-year-old sister. Dawn. Was that her name? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Shit. I heard that she comes down 
upstairs and Ron DeFeo Jr., the oldest son who was murdering his family, said, oh, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. Go back to bed. But then went up to the attic and killed her. So wouldn't she like... So that's what he of, says, right? Isn't that his side her laying on her stomach too right but he claims that it was her idea you know he tried the whole i heard the voices that wasn't working and then he tried to say well his sister they were going to run away and it was her idea and she was in on it but yet they found her face down in her bed so i didn't hear that one i did hear about that it could be mob related maybe the lawyers were trying to yeah sure Mm -hmm. that was the son saying that he that it could be mob related because the dad like i said you know was doing his little thing at the car dealership which was kind of a cover but oh wait can we talk about when they're going over the ron defeo jr murder when he murders his family and the cops are there and they're like taking the bodies out they have like all the bodies in the back of a station wagon oh yeah yeah like that the hertz or whatever they call it well the coroner probably it's just the 70s so i'm guessing that the the yeah, they probably didn't have a whoever had room in their car. They didn't have the CSI van, the coroner van like they do now. Maybe in the 70s, the coroner car was the station wagon from National Lampoon. The Caprice Classic. <laughs> yeah, with the complete wood, with wood paneling, <laughs> fourth row seating or fourth row bodies. <laughs> Okay. So we're a year later, 1975. We meet George and Kathy Lutz. The Lutzes are looking at the house where mm-hmm. we meet James Rowland's facial hair and beautiful head of hair for the first time. And Lois Lane. And yes. Superman's woman, Margot Kidder, which mm-hmm. I read. They both did not believe this story at all. So it was interesting that they uh, did the movie. Interesting. But he liked the script. He said it scared right. him, right? He he, he said read he book. read the he script. He said it was, yeah, amazing. He mm-hmm. couldn't put it down. I read yeah. that he was reading it and his pants were like hanging on the door and they like fell and it scared the crap scared out of him. him. So he's like, okay, <laughs> there's something with this book. I'll, I'll do the movie. I personally loved the realtor that was showing the less couple the house. <laughs> she was very animated yes. with her giant glasses. Yeah. Yeah. But all I could think of when they're going through this house is like, do they know what happened here? Right. Do they really want to buy a home where in the movie, an entire family was murdered? It seems like they do know, but from the shock doc, they said that they did not know until after they're like, yeah, okay, we'll take it. And then the realtor is like, oh, by the way. Yeah, because you have to disclose that. And that's... Certain- states you do in certain states you don't oh really mm-hmm. well i guess probably too back then in the 70s there was a lot of things that were different right yeah i i just kept thinking to myself like there's no way i would even want to step foot knowing like a whole family was murdered and they're sleeping there just gave me the creeps so yeah but eighty thousand dollars i mean well back yeah. then in in uh, the 70s and it's that was probably a lot back prestigious then prestigious yeah i think it was neighborhood expensive. yeah yeah i mean it where that house was sitting it was beautiful i mean with the lake right there and yeah. all that greenery and stuff like so pretty and yeah, yeah. guest house in the back and you're like oh 80 grand with the in the little boat house yeah. and the gardening hut yeah yeah <laughs> you and love that Melissa. the real estate agent says keep whatever you want in the house it comes with the price and i learned later that they actually did keep all mm-hmm. the furniture the bed frames that everybody Mm-mm. was murdered in, like they killed yeah. everything. The house I'd be okay, but all the furniture and the bed frames, no, that's gotta go. Yeah, the I broken can... lamp, like 
past that. But I'm guessing then, you know, they didn't have home goods and living spaces like we do <laughs> now. Do so they're probably like, shit, How do you yeah, right? That's cool. Included in the price. Throw it in there. I'm True. surprised though that like, because obviously, you know, someone had to come in and clean it up. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was a mess. I'm surprised that when they did that, they didn't at least want to like get rid of the bed frames. Like just, mm-hmm. just if you're going to keep the lamp or whatever, I get that. But like the beds, the create the, yeah, the scene of the crime. Yeah, that just seemed a little seems a little eerie but i just was wondering if you guys noticed he's like the joke about the kids and he's like oh we have a family we have two boys and a girl and she's yeah. like you're terrible and i'm like why they really yeah do that. Well, he was their stepdad, which I didn't know that till Nikki told me. Yeah, I didn't. But yeah, I didn't understand what the joke was because there was technically three kids. Yeah, I'm guessing probably then. And we we have to remember to think outside what we accept now and what's the norm now. I I, I'm guessing probably then to for her to say, oh, we just got married, we're newlyweds or whatever Mm -hmm. he says, and then says, Uh, oh. That, oh, it's great for a growing family or whatever she says. And then he says, oh, we already have three kids, two girls and or two boys and a girl. So like they I'm had kids out of wedlock like, and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. Nowadays, people would be like, it wouldn't even bat an eye. Right. But back then, yeah. I'm assuming. Shit. These days, people are like, oh, you're married? You have <laughs> yeah. 10 kids and you're married? <laughs> what? Why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now you say like root. <laughs> That makes more sense. Yeah, that I'm here yeah. to help. I got Did you. See, that's why we have you on. So then they, when they useless knowledge would would be important. That <laughs> you think it's useless, and then we have a podcast on Amityville. Yes, um, universe is working. So they talk about the death. So like they know about the deaths in the house. Mm-hmm. They say they want the house. The agent is like, okay, I'll take care of the paperwork in the house by yourself for some reason. One little breeze, she's like, I'm out. <laughs> Fuck Deuces. <laughs> so a month later, they move in. And uh, okay, I'm going to say right now at the beginning that I am not a fan of Margot Kidder. Me either. The pigtails. Yeah. I know that's not her choice, but the way she talks, she had like this, like she couldn't say me. She would say me, like with her, her lip would touch her tooth all the time. Like her, <laughs> there's something. I never even know. Like, is it stuff? Like, oh my gosh. I oh, like her mouth is dry? Maybe. Mm. Yeah, the whole from the demons. pigtail and ribbon, satin ribbon in her hair was just mm-hmm. awkward. Yeah. because it's the 70s and... We know the 80s, right. so we're going to have to, yeah. But, you know, to be... James Brolin did not like working with her in that movie. Oh, really? She I did was, not like, know that. demanding and... Um, well, she had just come off of uh, Superman, so she probably was mm-hmm. thinking she was all high and mighty. Something I wanted to point out, because Michelle, you and I have talked about this regarding other movies, is when they're moving in and whatnot, and they're in the kitchen unpacking, and the dad feels the cold all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. So there again, we have where that cold comes out of nowhere. She doesn't feel it. He feels it. And we know that that means it's like a an entity and another kind of entity. If you move into a house and somebody feels cold and you don't, get out. Yeah. Period. Always just get (laughs) out. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes into the damn basement. Why are these dads always going down to the damn basement when they just move into these houses and they don't know what's in there? And, oh, I'm just going to go check it out and see why it's so cold. Because he paid for that shit. He's going to go see what he paid for. I know, but still. 
but that before that going down there <laughs> so the priest stops by lets himself in mm-hmm. obviously he knows them because he starts calling out their name because i was like what the hell he's just walking in their house and then the house is like taunting him up the stairs he see he goes up to that one room the sewing room the mm-hmm. sewing room in real life her painting room in the movie and then sees them outside and they're all hanging out around the boat area apparently not caring that somebody's going to be stopping by and then take off in their boat and he <laughs> couldn't open the window all of a sudden these flies are everywhere when the priest is in the room with all the flies mm-hmm. i actually looked up the meaning of the flies so the fly is often symbolic with death rotting pestilence and upcoming change in nature flies are decomposers and feed on dead decaying animals fecal matter and trash this is one of the reason that flies are often associated with death or sickness they nasty Mm-hmm. So yeah, they are, and I just thought it was interesting that um, they used that. But that's what happened in real life, right? Right. That was one of the things I saw on the shelf. That was a true part of the story, and mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting how many parallels there was with uh, the Exorcist. The Exorcist has flies and green vomit. I mean, the religion part. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a religious person, but I'm not gonna lie. There's, I'm always gonna be scared of that. that to me is the scariest thing in any movie is the religious part of a movie i I, even though i I still am thank god i'm baptized um i'm not practicing but i it still is something that's always in the back of my mind that i don't want to mess with right like ed warren said if you believe in god then you kind of have to believe in the devil yeah i mean you have to believe believe in good and bad they they go hand in hand yeah absolutely so he couldn't open the window. All of a sudden, these flies are everywhere. And he's like closes. sweating. and Oh, yeah. And then he can't breathe. And then the house says, get out. Get out. In a very okay. demonic voice. Okay, bye. Yeah. But I thought maybe so, he'd leave a note for them or something. Like, stop by. Don't go into that room. P.S. out. <laughs> <laughs> he just like cuts out. Again, it's like, here's another religious. It's like another factor on religion right because mm-hmm. it's they were all okay in the house the priest comes in and he you could tell he instantly didn't feel right in that house right and it's just creepy because it's that religious aspect of the movie and what what happened in that house is mm-hmm. pure evil and they were obviously religious because they wanted this priest to stop by and bless the house she right. was religious right. he he turned he catholic when oh, they got married he changed his religion when they got later okay mm-hmm. I, that was yeah. another thing that i noticed in the movie so the priest does call after leaving and when she answers the it's all crackly whatever and then the phone burns his hands or he just starts developing blisters and it hurts and he feels mm-hmm. Or he starts feeling really sick. And then they cut over to George. And George starts feeling yucky, too. Mm-hmm. He's cold. He wants the fireplace, blazing saddles. <laughs> and that's when he goes into the basement. Yes. He finds, like, a door or something? Or was that the wall down in the basement? Oh, um, it's the wall. It's like a brick there. wall. Okay, so it was a wall. In the movie, it was a wall. Yes. In the real in real life, what the Lutz has found was a door. The kid comes down the stairs and falls. Yeah, and I think he did his own stunts because really? I, I was staring at his face. It looked like it was. Him. <laughs> so then the dad goes back He's upstairs. <laughs> Kathy lets getting all frisky and. Can we talk about the one legging? <laughs> I don't know. Is that a dance thing? I don't what? Know. 
is but that? Also, like, His dance splash moves. dance wasn't out yet. That was two leggings. Two no, leggings. I understand a leg warmer, but that's like a full leg warmer. That's what I mean. Warmer. It was like, yeah, like it was one long leg warmer. Yeah. Fucking and then is. she's stretching and whatnot in front of the mirror. <laughs> and Wait, what those, was that stuff called, Miss? The, 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 those mirrors, the speckly mirrors, they're called gold veined mirrors. Oh. Because we so lived in a house that had those. Yeah. We had yeah. Those. Did you? Yeah. They're I so weird. My parents, yeah. So weird. So 70s. So um, ugly. I didn't need that scene. I didn't need to no, see her in her blouse open and her one long leg warmer and her Flower ribbon in her hair or whatever. It's like. It's so random. I felt like I was reading like a book about some teenage girl about to lose her virginity or something. Like that's what that scene reminded me of. With my one leg warm. <laughs> yeah. I like my leg. silk ribbon. <laughs> it was just so God, like me, Fabio, like just, I don't know. It was just so weird. Yeah, but it again, was, it was the seventies. So it was who awkward. Freaking knows? So it was creepy. interrupts them before they could finish their God. leg warmer love. Um, <laughs> and then leg warmer love. When they go into the kid's room to put her back to bed, did you notice what doll is in there? Yes. It's Annabelle doll. Was it dirty? If it was the lighting or if the doll had went through something when they moved or... <laughs> The doll had seen some shit. It's like the doll had been in a tanning bed. Yeah, it, it looked stained. Something was wrong. Uh, okay. Well, so, and the chair, the rocking chair rocks. Yes. So for our listeners, do you have a freaky story you want to share? If so, go to our website at freakyfridayspodcast.com where you can email us or find us on Instagram at freakyfridayspod around the sixth day and that is when the priests are driving to the house he's still sick the car gets all fucking possessed and crashes into the amityville friend friendly town sign he's friendship you know yeah and then there's a fly so once again we see another fly so he can't even get it get there something's stopping him from getting to the family right and this is the brother's wedding day. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't understand the whole point of, and I didn't hear anything in the true story, Shaka, about this brother's wedding day with him having 1500 and then he loses <laughs> 1500 And then maybe it's just to well, show. Well, he doesn't actually lose it. Oh. So if you watch that scene closely, when George is walking, when George is in the doorway walking in and you see the brother's black tuxedo jacket draped over the couch. couch yeah. If you look close enough, when they're panning on George, you'll see the jacket kind of goes like this, like someone dipped their hand in. No. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. See, Let Nikki tell you listen. about that. I noticed <laughs> well, it right it, away. Melissa did. And I was like all excited because I watched that movie so many times and never noticed until recently that that happened. Like, because I'm always focused on the dad coming in. Yeah. And then one time I just happened to see the jacket make this move. And I'm like, oh. And so I was all excited. And Melissa was like, oh, you're talking about the jacket? I'm like, damn it. <laughs> <She> <laughs> totally... But see, it's not just me. It's just something that's so subtle. But mm -hmm. you see that jacket make a move. And then obviously yeah. someone took the money. So you'll have to watch that again, Michelle. I, I'm going to rewind my VCR <laughs> and be kind. Your beta tape. Maybe get a pencil. <laughs> be kind. Rewind. Rewind. Maybe I didn't notice because then the babysitter comes in with the headgear on. 
know. Totally distracted. I couldn't stop staring at that poor girl. And I never wore it in public. And I got so much shit for it. But I was like, I'm not wearing that anywhere but to bed. Thank God I didn't eat it. I just, I don't understand why they had to do that. Oh, God. There's so many things that they just, why, why, why are you just not learning that? leg warmers up the thigh and so yeah she's putting the the parents and the two boys are going to the wedding reception but the little girl is staying home with the babysitter and I couldn't tell if when she says that she didn't feel good and the kid said well it's because I don't like meatloaf which I totally (laughs) favorite line in a movie ever (laughs) is that where Nikki got it from but is that why she didn't go to the wedding? I don't know why I'm picking this apart so much, but I was like... Because she really didn't feel good or she just didn't want to go? She said she wasn't feeling good. and She, she didn't like meatloaf, go. ladies. There's nothing more to that. She so didn't is that like, what they were serving like at the wedding? Were they serving meatloaf at the wedding? Like Maybe earlier in the day? Before. I don't know. Night before? Yeah. My opinion is she didn't go because Jody, the fake, the invisible friend, was telling her not to go. Don't you dare call her fake. Sorry. <laughs> I think Jody told her not to go. Right. Because, and we know when the girl's in bed and the babysitter goes into the closet, babysitter gets locked in the closet. Yes. Right. Traumatic. Which, and interesting enough, that n- no documentary that I've seen has ever even elaborated on that. They never talk about that. So maybe the babysitter in real life didn't want to talk about it. To be it. a part, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a trippy scene because, I mean, to know that you're locked in there and that little girl is sitting right there and not doing Staring anything. and. She's like clawing at that door. Her know, hands are knocking, bleeding. Yeah, knocking so hard. Her hands are bleeding and screaming. I mean, and, just... and then all the lights go out. That would send me into a frenzy. Yeah. It's it, like your worst nightmare. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But back at the wedding, the dad says, I don't know if I'm going to make it through the reception because he starts to really look like shit at this point. Oh, yeah. And I think that's when they all gather together and they end up leaving and going home. Right. And they yeah. find the babysitter screaming and they open the door and she's hysterics and they're like, the, the door was unlocked. And that's when the little girl says, Jody, didn't Jody, open it. yeah, Jody made me do it. The little oh, girl in the movie, her name is Amy, but she's the one that in real life, the little sister's name is Missy. Yes. Yes. And Which was uh, Nikki. What, who you were named after, right? No. <laughs> but, but there's an interesting story about this. Go ahead, Nikki. Yeah. So all none of the kids, the three boys, you know, their real names are Danny, Chris, and Missy, which they don't use those names in the movie. They use three different names. But I remember our older brother, Mark, got the book, The Amityville Horror. I don't know why. It was a gift, his birthday maybe or something. And he used strange. Like it was a freaking Dr. Seuss book, which I'm thankful (laughs) that my brother read to me, but because it makes you a stronger reader as a child. But you yeah. know, you could, but how my obsession demon, started with it. De- de- demon, demon. <laughs> yes, good job. My brain is forming. That's what he's putting in my head is the Amityville horse. And it really does explain a lot. But so the, the, in real life, the daughter's name is Missy. Mm-hmm. And he, I remember him saying, you know, what if our sister's really Missy? What if she's really the little girl in the movie? And when we're sleeping, she's going to come kill us. Oh, and what were you two? Well, yeah. Probably, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I share a room with her. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad I'm an only child. <laughs> oh. oh my God. Yeah. And I just remember like, well, can I stay with you? Cause I don't want her to, 
I was horrified. I was so, I he had me so scared. How do you and, think I, I got a bad rap and I wasn't even out of my, uh, diapers yet. I mean, geez. You us on the head for no reason. So, you know. <laughs> it probably traumatized me knowing that he thought I was that sister. Yeah. And I figured, well, then fuck it. No, I'm going to be a little bad. I'm, I'm going to be here. Motherfucker. <laughs> How old were you, Nikki? I don't know, six He's reading you this book. He's reading these stories to me, and I'm just like, uh... Maybe you should do that for your class. You have a bunch of six-year-olds, don't <laughs> Seven, but yeah. So oh, they can I, handle it. That's stuck in my head, and I still love my sister the same. I just, you know, I just remember for a couple of days just being kind of scared, Looking like... Looking at her side eye. <laughs> I'm just going to sleep here with my eyes open and watching her. <laughs> I also heard that the, or I read on IMDb, I think, all of the real Lutz kid changed their names like first and last names it must be because that would be the most important would be the last name right yeah right but yet yeah. the older son was it danny he did a documentary not too many years ago where he was kind of a tell-all and that he seems messed up have you seen that one no i kind of feel for well, him like he why would they like go ahead sorry no i mean i felt for him when i watched this like you could feel like this kid was this guy, I mean, he's older than we are, but he was just really messed up in the head from this. And and the experiences that he had after, you know, because people didn't believe him. And he's like, you have no idea what we went through. Seeing beds, you know, levitate and my brother levitate and watching his stepdad do basically, um, I don't know what it's like. I don't really violent with the kids too. And they didn't. Yeah. They didn't and he, came, in the movie. he was doing like some kind of witchcraft or satanic rituals. Mm. See, and that's the stuff we don't see in the movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe like, you don't know how bad it actually got. Right. Right. He was pretty much, he seemed like he had was just like Find me you know, a soldier who came back from war. He had some serious mm. post-traumatic. So. Oh yeah, I bet. Oh, I'm sure. So find out what that was called. Cause I'd love to see that. Yes, I will. I shouldn't say love, but. No, it's interesting. I mean, it gives you some good insight to what these kids went right. through. I mean, not everybody can come out of these kind of situations unscathed, right? That shit will fuck you up. Okay, so now we're on the eighth day, and there's a whole, like, five hours of the priests fighting with each other, which yeah. <laughs> I thought was Seemed a little to... extreme. Like, it was. It went on for, it was not necessary. Yeah, I get it. You, no. You're Any not going to believe them. And, um, and then they cut to George chopping more fucking wood. Chopping rock and lay. So he's got wood for all of <laughs> Long Island. And so now we're on the 11th day. Coworker visits uh, George's coworker, Joe, I think his name was. And the dude's girlfriend. Carolyn, who is like. She will not go near that house. Go. She goes back into the car and shakes like a leaf. And then the kids are fucking around. And like a salt shake. The, <laughs> the window slams down on one of the boys' hands. Mm. That's the ET kid right there. Yeah. Right. They cannot lift that window off of him. They cannot open that window. Yeah. Two grown men, a kid and the wife all try to lift the window and it's not lifting. So Kathy tries to talk to George. He's ignoring her. At this point, I'm sorry. If that was Nick, I'd be like, fuck you. (laughs) I'm out. Like you're acting like a dick. You look like shit. All you want to do is chop wood. (laughs) We have this. But we know Nick's not going to do that. So don't worry. (laughs) I don't have to worry about any of that. So that night, after they're home from the hospital, 3.15, we see some flies. Shit's hitting the fan, and the front door and the basement door break off of its hinges, literally. Yeah. They implode. The cop that comes says that it seemed like somebody broke 
out instead of breaking in. in. So somebody mm-hmm. didn't break into your front door. They were like bashing through to get out, which is right. normal. So they're is, having that whole exchange. This is when we see George run down the stairs in his thermal and tidy whities uh, yeah, why I don't have notes on that. Um, <laughs> Do you need to that. take notes on that? Is it not locked up in your brain? I've been trying to forget about that it. That image doesn't get out of my head. <laughs> Nobody wants to see a man in tidy whities ever. And he's got floppy hair, a th- tight thermal, and tidy whities. <laughs> yes. And he's just prancing around like nobody's business. Mr. You, you can throw, your, you can throw your Levi's on. Yeah, I mean, put some fucking pants on if you're cold all the time. <laughs> So the next day is the 12th day and the little girl is Jody tells me this and Jody tells me that Mm -hmm. and so the mom's calling the priest again he finally answers after like the 500th ring because we didn't have voicemail back then. And just from that, it, well, the one call, he gets all staticky. And just from that, Priest is freaking sick again, poor bastard. Yeah, it's like literally cat got his tongue. His words won't come out and he can't yeah, talk. can't and breathe, he's like, can't talk. Yeah. Getting sick. And it starts getting windy through the house. But all of a sudden, we cut to George hopping on his motorcycle, mm-hmm. riding around town. And he goes to the bar and he sees his coworker, Joe. Wait, he, before he goes to the bar, though, he does some other stuff. Oh, he w- yeah, he went to the um, library. And- library and city hall kind of an odd scene he's stealing a book from the library yeah like what was maybe he doesn't want them to know what he's checking out he's probably i mean now people wouldn't care but then it was probably maybe like taboo or embarrassed to be checking out a book on witchcraft and then he got the blueprints for the house from city hall right and then he goes to the bar the witch's brew great was that the name of it in the movie yeah i didn't even notice that that. yeah him and his co-worker getting a little scuffle and apparently how men are you hit them and then you're friends again so then they start (laughs) talking about the house which I was like, finally, he's telling somebody. And the co-worker's girlfriend, Carolyn, is very like in touch with spirits and very open to that sort of thing. So they're looking through that book that he stole from the library and finds out this house is, now is, this is what I wanted to ask, is the land, kind of like the poltergeist thing, the land is tainted. That land is now what they built this house on? Is that what I'm Yes. Okay. Because I mean, you know, on the East Coast, how much happened back there right. I mean that's true to the you know not just the civil war but before that with all the Native Americans that were slaughtered and yeah didn't Salem witches that that, yeah the house was a which right a witch. it's on the land it's not necessarily the house it's the land that this house is built on right yeah so he's like you want to come back to the house yeah let's go back <laughs> to the house they which is back. strange though for the chick because just 10 minutes earlier she was shit in her pants and didn't want to go near it yeah and now she's all about it and he looks like yeah i'm gonna feed drawn the house like he he's so evil about it i thought something worse was going to happen when they get there she says there's something pulling me i can't like help but go towards it yeah right so they well we see the daughter singing with the rocking chair yeah, I wrote a big fat note that said, um, no, exclamation point. If Kids I are creepy AF, man. Saw yeah. my daughter singing to a vacant rocking chair. Rocking on its own. Jesus loves me. Yeah. And that's when the mom singing? hears the pig snort and right. sees the pig eyes. which Goes to close the window and the pig eyes are in the window. That was just free. That was just weird. Do they say... Anything about that in real life? 
He does see something out there, yes. Right. And in the pig snort? Things... I don't know about the snort. They do refer in that documentary, though, that they do talk about the pig and how that goes back to biblical times of being associated with Satan, right? Right. And they cast the demons slaw. into like a pig, not pen, but like a, a group of pigs, and then they all drowned. Right. And then usually any kind of satanic or demonic entity has is a hooved creature. I just looked this up and it says symbol of God's destruction and punishment. In Psalm 80, 13, the Bible says, boars from the forest ravage it and insects from the fields feed on it. This symbolizes destruction by enemies or events that God allows to come upon his people. And the flies that go around, that that surround pigs and their slop and their Mm -hmm. filth nest. Ew, David. I'm still going to eat bacon. Mm-hmm. They clean that, right? That's right. Okay. Right. So Sorry, she sees Michelle. the red. No, that's interesting. She, she sees, sees the, the red eyes. eyes. Everyone shows up at the house. That's wee, when Carolyn's wee. all drawn to the basement. The um, crosses are upside down. Yes. And the friggin' dog has been digging at the wall for apparently days because it's like bleeding. And But <laughs> did you guys notice the music box is the in ballerina. the room? I had that. We did, Nikki and I had one of those. I kept my costume yep. jewelry in there. Um, so then got some Avon lip balm in mine. (laughs) (laughs) So they're in the basement and then Carolyn just grabs a pickaxe and starts breaking down the wall. Mm -hmm. George is like, yeah, what are you doing? And then he grabs it and starts breaking down his wall and they find the red room. So this is when the priest, his phone rings, mm-hmm. which I wrote, don't fucking answer it. Cause every time you answer it, you like are getting sick. And that's when they see the cross upside down. So they start, they said, we're going to bless the house. So they start saying a prayer or reading out the a Lord's Bible prayer, I think. Yeah. And blessing the house. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden Superman's chick has some like welts on her face or something. Yeah. Is that what was supposed to be because it looked really strange. Like, she looks really old all of a sudden. Yeah, well, that happened to the Capulets in real life. Yeah, and I, I saw that at the end, right when he was, well, I guess we'll get to it. No, spoil. Oh, by the way, if you're listening to this, um, there's some spoiler alerts. <laughs> I always forget to say that in the beginning. But, um, yeah, I don't know. She, she just has, like, some sort of weird welts on her face. And then the next yeah. day, mm-hmm. the 17th day, this is when the priest goes out on a rant in the church and goes blind that when was the piece of the statue falls yeah, down and, hits but, him in the eye. and he's like screaming to god and like it's just to help them yeah and the, so the younger dudes and i don't understand the, the point of showing that obviously it's a religious symbolic yeah because there's isn't there like religious stuff where it says like if you know you'll you could go you know you'll go blind so and so went blind or you'll go blind or i think it i know if you masturbate too much you go <laughs> blind <laughs> I think the point of that scene is to show that whatever entity got to him, like finally actually got to him fully. Do you know what I mean? Like made him lose his mind. Yeah. I mean, I know the priest did get sick and he did have to go on vacation and all that, but they never elaborated on if he went blind anymore after that. Yeah. And I saw that he only did one interview and talked about all of this and he was like in darkness to not be yeah yeah they wouldn't show his face mm-hmm. like he was a witness protection which i'm sure you know be too so after he goes blind we're on to the 18th night immediately it's 3 15 and george gets up he hears drums he hears a marching band drum warm-up 
Yeah. And he goes in the room and it stops, which I saw was what actually happened in real life. But I wasn't sure what he was doing with the rug. He starts rolling out the rug and he starts decorating the living room. What is, <laughs> what is he doing? I'm guessing maybe he was just like, this is my house. This is what, you know, I'm going to- Like trying to take it back. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Take ownership of it. So it seems that Kathy wakes up and sees George killing her daughter and then killing her, but it was just a dream. It was yes. all a dream. <laughs> so then we're on to the 19th day and George is- screaming in the living room that he just decorated he has bite marks on his feet and then he slaps kathy when they get into it mm-hmm. fuck you fuck this house how much and i mean it just goes to show you how much he had changed from being in this house right, right? maybe that's, that's why they really had happened. that leg warmer love scene because you wanted to feel their love before he really does love her yes yeah. now it now it's all coming together so we cut to the nun playing basketball and <laughs> the Kathy She's goes, so, so every day. So, this is so random. Oh, you go, girl. I thought that was maybe her aunt, but um, so Kathy goes oh. to see the priest who is blind and gone, and the other priest who's also a he's mechanic. on vacation. Yeah, he's. <laughs> I'm sure it's a great vacation. The younger priest, after she leaves, he like flicks a lit cigarette out into the leaves. Yes, and that's always into the what. What the hell? There's like all these dried leaves everywhere. Yeah. And he's like, oh. a cigarette. I was like, what the hell? I got to tell you, that scene when he flicks that cigarette bothers me as much as Kevin McAllister never taking a bite of macaroni and cheese. <laughs> it's just one of those things I'll never be able to resolve in my life. Right. And you just want to know why. Constantly yes. hanging out. Okay, there anyways, for you. I digress. Go ahead. <laughs> so the cop that came to investigate when the doors got blown out is following them around and he sees the younger priest private dick aka the uh mechanic priest leave all in black very stealthy and the young priest goes and visits the older one in in some beautiful like area and the older one who's blind looks like obi-wan kenobi (laughs) yeah and And then the young one says Oh, it's so beautiful here. I was like, fucking shove the knife in his back and twist it. I thought we could eat our lunch here today. Yeah, and he doesn't say anything, which I wouldn't either after you're like, oh, it's so beautiful. I can't see yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, I don't know that it's beautiful shit. Yeah, thanks a lot. So that scene kind of takes a little bit longer than I think it needs to take. Yeah. And then the young priest talks to the cop who followed him, but we don't learn anything spectacular there. But then we cut to Kathy learning how to search microfiche for murders screw google with her big old glasses huge <laughs> well to see the microfiche maybe so she finally finds the article about the murders and they zoom in and who does he look like dun 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 george spitting image mm-hmm. doesn't Jeez. someone say that in the movie the cop uh the bartender the bartender says, oh, you look just like that kid that killed his family gee thanks. yes at the witch's brew yes <laughs> So I'll, I'll get you another brew. <laughs> so can I get a free drink for that? Or I'll kill you. So then we cut to Kathy driving home in torrential rain. Which, you know, in the in real life, in that bar scene, the son actually goes to the bar and says, my whole family's been shot. That's where he oh, goes. okay, yeah. In real life, yes. 
Right. The like son that killed the family in real life. Yeah. Ron Butch DeFeo goes to the bar and, but it's like the next day after he goes to work and stuff. Right. So he yeah, calls on cops. He goes to bed and then, and goes to work. And then the next day goes into, must be when he got home. Tries to play it off. Like my whole family, I need your help. My Somebody whole family's been shot. Yeah. yeah. What a fucker. Yeah. What a dick. So Kathy's driving home. George is doing something in the house. I don't know. He's all over the place. And the dog's <laughs> barking at the red room and the daughter's coloring. There's like a lot of chaos. And then the daughter's like coloring. She's just chilling because Jody's keeping her calm. Like, you know, sorry. I guess so. Yeah. And then, and then it ends. And then we're on the last night, which I thought was interesting because in the documentary, it says 28 days of hell and it's over Christmas and New Year's. Mm-hmm. And we're only on like the 20th day here. So, so we're on the last night. There's an evil pig in the window. Mm-hmm. So George calls out for Amy, the daughter. Mm-hmm. The walls are bleeding. The stairs are bleeding. The floor explodes. As they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he, oh, he goes upstairs. All the kids are freaked out by him and are hiding in the bathroom. And he starts doing the shining, Johnny or mm-hmm. Johnny. And then Kathy runs up and she looks so old. Just mm-hmm. like in The Conjuring. when She tackles, tackles him, yeah. Yeah, and I remember in the documentary they say the same thing, that she had like this sunken view, so apparently that right. was true in poltergeist form. The tree busts through the window. I see all these like things that I think other movies movies took. yeah but this one was before those other movies oh so. yeah so they're taking it from the Amityville they run down the bloody stairs to the mm-hmm. van which in real life it was like a jello substance they said right they found that in the attic like a green yeah and they would clean bed. it up and it would come back Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Did they ever find out what it was? No. Plasma. Remember Plasma. Slimer from uh, Ghostbusters? Right, pre-Slimer. He lived up there. So they're in the van. They have this whole forgot keys thing, and she just finds them in her pocket. Thank the God. They're driving, and George stops the car, gets out, and he's running back. Because the little dog. girl says, I want Harry. Right, but I didn't dog. think that he was running back for that. I thought he was going to go back and do some conjuring shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Kathy's so dramatic. George! <laughs> and it's pouring down rain yeah. pouring rain. so it's even more dramatic right mm-hmm. and so everybody's watching him run away george goes down to the basement the dog's not coming when he's calling which i'd be like sorry dog peace out we're leaving and then the stairs break and he falls through the stairs into what looks like a pool of blood a lake of blood mm-hmm. a underground blood lake if you will <laughs> the bloody lake And then the dog... A well in their house. Yes, yes, a blood well. So he's trying to get out, George, and the dog comes around and is attacking him or saving him or maybe realizes that it's George and not some demon. And so they finally get up out of the basement. They try to leave. Door shuts. So he breaks the window, jumps out with the dog, runs back to the van. And that's it. They end it there. And you find out that the Lutzes left everything behind, which apparently most of it was the DeFeos. And they went on to live in San Diego. They ended up getting a divorce. Mm. They never experienced any other supernatural things, but the kids did, after their parents' death, did change their names. And that is Amityville 1979. Horror. Horrors. Yeah, it's a creep fest. It is. I think it holds up as a movie from 1979 mm-hmm. not like the oh my god that was so scary but the kind of like we talked about in the conjuring like knowing that it's real mm-hmm. is just so freaky mm-hmm. and 
when you watch these documentaries, which is what makes it even more interesting, you need to watch that one, Miss, because it just explains there's such a bigger story to this movie and what this family went through and, and after that. And um, that's what, and the fact that it's still to this day being talked about, this documentary is just made recently that it's, you know, it does hold up. When you watch a movie like this, well, first of all, when you watch it when you're younger, like the first time I saw this, I was way younger. So right. it was a thousand times scarier to me. Absolutely, right. yes. And yes. I don't think I really grasped the concept that it was real. It was a real story, even if how sure. they portrayed it in the movie wasn't exact. Mm -hmm. And then watching it again as you get older, you're like, oh, there's not that much stuff that happens. But again, it's because they, they can't really, it's a, what, an hour and a half movie. They can't like get into everything. So to know that they went through so much more, it's scary because what you see in the movie is scary enough what they went through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like one or yeah. two of those things and I would have been out of there. When did Ed and Lorraine Warren come into play? After, like they... Like after the Lutzes left or they came... After they were gone, yeah. And there was like a news station and they wanted to do what they called like a seance and they asked invited them to come check out the house and they invited a news crew and some other people to be a part of this other mediums to be a part of this seance type of thing in the house to see what they felt and that's when Lorraine Warren was like this was the most evil thing that she had seen in a house I just found it good old Wikipedia March 6 1976 the house was investigated by Ed and Lorraine Warren together with a crew from the television channel 5 they took a series of infrared time-lapse photographs one of the images allegedly showed a demonic boy with glowing eyes and I've right seen in this the in so many memes. Yes. yeah he's like peeking out and he can see his head over the mm. stair rails i've seen that picture so many yeah. times i didn't know Which it was from that. so the movie with the sun is called my amityville horror oh and okay. it's daniel lutz recounts the version of the infamous Amityville hauntings from 75. Um, I thought it was interesting, and this was way back in the beginning of the movie, when George says to the wife, because I think she's talking about something about stuff that happened in the house or whatever, and his comment to her was, houses don't have memories. Mm -hmm. I just think that's interesting because I think they do. Yeah, and I think they kind of mentioned that in the documentary too. And they may not have memories, but you're also taking something that was so traumatic and keeping those items in the house. So if it's well, like tangible, yeah. Right. Yeah. The energy is absolutely still, you can feel, well, I can, you can feel energy in places that you go into, right? Good or bad. And then even if it, everything's fine, if there's any kind of negative energy with the family, which when they started like, or if they started kind of riffing with each other, you know, or having any kind of problems. Beef. They beef in. Yeah. If they, they beef in, then that's going to just draw out the demons. Sure. They thrive on it. Absolutely. Which is what in the conjuring, same thing, right? Mm -hmm. That energy is still there, which is why we cleanse the energy. Energy is not going to go anywhere. It just changes forms and shapes, right? Right. Right. But I, I, I still probably in, in, in that documentary, they talk about anyone else. Here's the thing. People say, if people have lived in that house since then, the 112 Ocean Avenue where it took place, they always claim, oh, we've never had any experiences there. However, it seems to sell often. Hmm. 
is a change ownership. Then there was one woman who's like, no, I didn't have any problems. And then the guy interviewing her says, well, what do you think about George Letts and what Danny Letts said? And she got all defensive and said that those two are what brought things into this house with their witchcraft and their satanic rituals. And it's like, I think people just don't want to say anything. Yeah. You know, there's something in that house. She doesn't so, believe it, but she believes that part of it. Right. right. That, that there's witchcraft. You're... Exactly. It, it seems to make it on its way in social media when that house goes on sale and it's like if there's nothing wrong why does it change ownership so many times interesting we'll never know. but there you have it that is amityville you can choose to believe what you want and if the warrens are involved i'm in yeah. well, thanks for joining us nikki yeah thanks for having me i appreciate welcome. it good times talking about weird shit that's right so what we do like i said my soul tribe <laughs> Spooky soul tribe. Stay tuned. Come back. We'll be here again talking about more weird shit. I mean, what else you got to do? (laughs) That's right. What else you got to do? We're still in a pandemic. A pandemic. Pandemic love auto. A panda express. Don't forget to go to FreakyFridaysPodcast.com and subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Join us next week for a new freaky tale. 